Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rise of the Podcast. I'm Jeremy. I'm Kara. And I'm Keith. And I'm Brownie. And oh, man, Keith, who's Keith? He's our special <laughs> guest today. So, hey. <laughs> well, you, we introdu- you introduce yourself, and then, you know, so um, we're going to get learn a little bit more about you as we go on. But, Keith, what's your favorite uh, comic book or nerdy thing? Mm. Batman. It's got to be doubt. Batman? Definitely say, Batman. I hope everybody yep. could tell. As the t-shirt shows, yeah. Yep. So, well, let's just start. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Batman? Like, where and when did you, like, start liking Batman? Mm. And tell me, like, your history of, you know, growing up with comics and stuff. I mean, as a little kid, it was Superman um, when I was, you know, four or five years old. And then I'd say it was probably 1989, Tim Burton's Batman movie with Michael Keaton. Yep. That really converted me. Um I was six years old when that movie came out, uh, so when my dad brought it home on VHS, it was like I was watching a horror movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it was... Those ones were shot that way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were, like, well, dark, a little bit darker. and then Tim Burton always has kind of a creepy yeah. feel to everything he does. He certainly does, yeah. And, I mean, there's a lot of scenes in that movie, like the surgery scene where Jack Napier becomes the Joker. Mm-hmm. It was a six-year-old. That scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> right. But still, you know, uh, I was obviously fascinated by it and um, there's a lot of iconic shots of Batman like him holding up his cape that just kind of captivated me and that's where it began. Batman's pretty awesome and so Gary you've grown up with your brother loves Batman as well. Yeah. Yeah and so Steven torments AJ one of your older brothers torments your younger brother by by saying Superman would lose to Batman. Right, right. That's and what so, Steven says to AJ. And so we were, we were in our pre-discussion, we were talking about who would win and who would do that, you know, stuff like that. But, okay, so you mentioned uh, uh, the first Batman movie, and that was Michael Keaton, right? Yep. Keaton and uh, the Joker was the main antagonist in that one. Sure I remember was. the first one that I had seen that I can remember was the one with the Penguin. Right. And that was still Michael Keaton. It wasn't Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito as uh, the Penguin. And the the Penguins scared me. Yeah. (laughs) Like, uh, 92, I would have been five. So, you know, I would have been, probably didn't watch it right away, but I remember having, like, the VHS. Yeah. And uh, when I did watch it, it was like, oh, that's a scary bad guy, you know? Yeah, that was one. My parents didn't let me go to theaters for that one, but I did see it on VHS. And there's, so I guess I would have been nine when that one came out. And there's some gory stuff in there, like the the penguin bites that guy's nose, yeah. and it, yep. in the end he's puking out like the black. Yeah. Oil that's oil that's oil what and, got me was the oh. teeth. I remember oh. the teeth and the smile when they had the oil or the whatever that was. Okay, so yeah. growing up, we used to listen to the cassette tape of Batman versus the Penguin. So now hearing what you guys are talking about, <laughs> dude, oh, Jesus, oh, I am so oh, happy. Was it like a that. like an audio book? It was like it was a story. It wasn't an audio book like he said, she said. Like right. it was actually a story. It was like like a radio play, kind of like oh, a radio play. Cool. Yeah. So one side nice. was Batman versus the Penguin, the other one was Catwoman. That's really cool. Yeah, I gotta so, find that. I, I never on eBay for like a dollar fifty. Yeah, or five hundred. You never know. Well, if it's, yeah, a, if it's a stiff bear, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a stiff bear, you know that's been. It's a, it's a tape that doesn't play anything. You can just own it and be like, oh, this is so cool. I should actually see if we still have it. My parents. They keep a lot of things, so sure. We'll see. They might still have that stored away somewhere. Uh, it's pretty cool because I never knew that about Kara that she used to listen to those. You oh know, yeah. Like uh, we would put cool, towels. Yeah. We'd wrap towels around her necks, and we'd I'd be Batgirl. Yep. And my older brother would be Batman, and then my dad would be the Penguin. So <laughs> my uh, my daughter, um, she's two years old, and uh, she she likes Batman quite a lot because we've gotten some Batman storybooks, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes they'll put on <laughs> some Batman cartoons like Brave and the Bold or. Um, 
Adam West a few years ago did some cartoons that are in the style of the 60s show. Um, yeah. Those are like directed DVD oh. movies. So in the morning, sometimes she'll be like, want to watch a Batman show? And I'm just like, oh. okay. <laughs> yeah. Sure, why not? My oh, like, oh, you brainwashed her. Kara <laughs> says all the time, our kids are just going to love Star Wars just because they're exposed they're gonna to it. They're going to be nerds. Oh, yeah. well, oh, man. I told Jeremy, so twins run in both sides of our family. And I told Jeremy, I was like, if we have twins, I am 100% okay with naming them Luke and Leia. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even yeah. if they're both Even boys. if they're yeah. both. <laughs> Luke and Leo. <laughs> Leo. Leo. Oh, my God. How's it going, Luke and not Luke? <laughs> you know? right. um, so, uh, and then, so, I get borrowed Derek. We've talked about him before. My younger coworker, who is Baby 20. Stark. Baby Stark. He, uh... I borrowed him the movies, Star Wars, all nine episodes on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. And I asked him today, I'm like, have you watched one finally? And he goes, oh, yeah, I did watch A New Hope. And that was it. I was like, dude, do you, do you not like it? Tell me about it. And he's like, eh, you know. And I, dude, they blew up the Death Star, and you got, like, Millennium Falcon and Han Solo and all these great characters. He's like, oh, they blew up the Death Star? I'm like, what movie did you watch? He goes, <laughs> well, my mom put it on during dinner, and I guess I was busy eating. And I'm like, okay, oh, that's all right. not how you I'm like, you it. need to sit no, down no, that's not and actually it. give it the respect it deserves. I was going right. to it's like the episode of um, How I Met Your Mother. Right. When Ted really wants this girl, girl to, like, to it. like Star Wars, and so she watches mm-hmm. it and just kind of like... Yeah, so that that like really cut me. And but here's the problem: that this is like he saw it post Endgame, for an example. You know, so it's like right. you got all the action and all like the, to probably to him that that's a movie. So, but mm-hmm. Star Wars is still an amazing movie. The original New Hope. It's got yeah. you know it's the epic space opera of yeah. our of our lifetime. And so that's my favorite one. Yeah, it is so good. Is my a lot of people like Empire, but a New Hope yep. that is my like favorite movie. I don't yep. think any of the old ones are bad for me. I just love them. I love the character development and how it goes yeah. through everything and stuff like that. But. Uh, we told, or I just said, we're not going to make this a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> so Old habits die. I mean, we're, we're going to venture into Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So, but, well, so in a similar vein, have you ever tried to expose somebody to Batman where they were just did not give a crap? Yes, absolutely, many times. Um, and I've got, you know, quite the library of essential Batman comic books and graphic novels and all the movies on DVD, all the good ones anyway. Um, <laughs> in other words, not the Ben Affleck ones. <laughs> Let's not, let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I have mixed feelings on Bad Fuck. I'm, I'm sure we'll get into Bad that Fleck, sometime yes. this evening. But I was going to say, what about... Well, 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 uh, what about we'll, who? We'll, we'll, come, we'll come back to we'll that. Come back we'll come back to that. Okay. Oh, okay. we got to get to... Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Keith has so many, things to so say. So many opinions. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I, I when it comes to getting someone who's just not interested into it, you know, I, I try not to fight losing battles. You know, it's like, right. I have yeah. materials that I can present to people. And if it just doesn't click, then it just doesn't click. Um, and, you know, some people aren't into this nerdy stuff. And some people are going to have, like, a, yeah, it was fine. Yeah. You know, oh, kind yeah. of reaction. Yep. And I'm like, I can't force it. <sighs> I can't, I, yeah. As much as I love to force Batman. You will on, love Batman. <laughs> everybody. Uh, it's <laughs> just not going to work. Have you run to anybody who's never seen any Batman? Ooh. You know, I, I think my wife is probably a good example where she was probably like, yeah, you know, I've seen one of the Batman movies. Yeah, you know, it was probably Batman Forever with, with Jack Nicholson. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, right, and so then, I, I, you know, obviously since we got together, we've probably watched all of them. All right. the ones that right. I've returned to regularly anyway. I was going to say, one anyway. woman doesn't love the Christian Bale Batman. <clears throat> That's the thing. I mean, she loves Christian Bale. Yeah, you know, he's pretty steamy. Uh, yeah, he's steamy. And the movies are good, right? So they've got that going for him too. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, she's never going to be what I am. Right. Yeah, that's just um, not going to happen. Chris, you should, cool. you should fact check this, and it'd be interesting if they were close together. But I 
compare Christian Bale Christian Bale to the Batman series is Daniel Craig to me for the Bond series. Yeah. It's like a lot of people love, you know, the classic Bond. Yes. And but Jan- Daniel Craig, with, at least with Casino Royale, I mean, that was an amazing theatrical experience because it was like I that's how Skyfall I envisioned. Was good too, though. Oh, I mean, he did Skyfall. I Quantum was like you know, and then it's like every other, yeah, other one is good. Um, yes, what, I'm exactly with you yeah. guys. On what do you want me to fact check? Just when did did, did was Daniel Craig? Casino Royale was 05. So and when Batman what, Begins is 05. Yeah, oh, so yep. cool. Oh, so it was like the wow, same year. Okay. We got all these new heroes. I knew they yeah. were close. Yeah. I just was wondering which one was like. So first, I couldn't remember you know? if, ba- if I couldn't remember if it was 05 or 04. Yeah, and I mean, they're both blockbusters, so I'm sure they were both in the summer. I know. Batman got released in early June. That's um, so yeah, I, mean, I definitely saw that in theaters. The moment I saw Christian Bale, I was like, I need to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a midnight release for me, yeah. for sure. A buddy of mine from New Pulse. New Pulse. That's in New York. Nobody around here. Knows. Yeah. <laughs> um, a buddy of mine from New Pulse. We drove down to the closest theater and watched it at midnight. And it was just, I was like, this is what I've always thought it should look like and same thing with Casino Royale too like the way Bond fights and right you know like the way he like he gets kind of beat up he doesn't yeah. just like beat up a bunch of guys right. and then just stand back up and go back to the poker game like yep. he's got to <laughs> fix himself and yep. I like that that was I, cool I love that too yeah it was just you know and that's what I had envisioned there was like Star Wars is funny because it's got humor and it's got a blend of all that stuff but Bond maybe had a little too much humor and so they, what they, you know, how they play the humor out in Christian Bale was kind of like Han Solo's humor. You know, it was a little arrogant humor, and it was just yeah. sprinkled in. And then the rest of it was, uh, you know, a lot of bad buttery, you know, bad, you know, bad, badassery. Oh, okay. Oh, I was like, yeah, <laughs> I was like butter. Yeah, yeah, bad. I was butt. confused. Too. I was like, <laughs> mm, buttery. What? Trying to avoid <laughs> using, you know. I, of the words, I think that's pretty low on the flag. Yeah, list. low on the on, <laughs> the on the pole. But um, so you know, he just he he played an awesome Bond, and so that was pretty cool. So out of all the, ba- I, I loved. Um, <clears throat> so growing up, it was Batman um, Forever with Val Kilmer. That was the yeah. one that I had seen. It's no Christian Bale. It's no Keith. Uh, um, the, um, who played the Batman and the Joker and, you know, like in the... Oh, oh, the Michael, Keaton. Michael Keaton. Michael, yeah. Michael Keaton. No Keith. No <laughs> Keith. Yeah. 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 I was a yeah. Keith, but, you know. Um, but, yeah, that one was awesome for me because, you know, growing up I had seen, um, you know, funny movies with Jim Carrey. Yeah. And so seeing him as the Riddler was a blast. And it wasn't as, like, overdone as the, as Batman Forever, the next one with George Clooney. That one is, so George Clooney, that one's Batman and Robin. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, Batman Forever is the one that you're thinking of. Okay, yeah. Batman Forever. So Batman I, Forever, I think that one, it's got a lot of great Batman and Bruce Wayne stuff. I think Val Kilmer, he does great. Yeah. Uh, the writers handled his character really well. I think the villains are too campy. So right. So then the film kind of gets lost between 89 Batman and, like, 66 Batman, where it's like, are we camp or are we serious? Oh, right. And we don't really know. Um, so in that regard, I think it kind of missed the mark. I would have loved to see Tommy Lee Jones play Two Face, though. Oh, I think that that is great casting. Yeah. Um, and he, if he had been given the, the whole movie, maybe you know, like yeah, or or just the right script to do right. it seriously, you yeah. know. Um, I think, man, what awesome casting! And honestly, Jim Carrey too as the Riddler. I think that's good casting as well. Just yeah, it was. It was fun for me, and then there was all the video games that were all around back then, and then oh like, yeah, um, the Genesis game was. But great. that was that was one of my first graphic novels was Batman Forever's graphic novel, and mm. I loved that movie so much. So it was like um, I could read the graphic novel, and it was fun to have that as an accessory to the movie. You know, yep. it really it gives you a different perspective of some of the scenes, and it's fun because you can read it at your own pace and make that fun of it. So, um, so now that we've got there, and we got all these, so what? Who's your favorite Batman? You think? 
actor, um, Christian Bale. Christian Bale, yeah. Christian Bale. Yes. Those, right. They they did such a good job with those with yeah. those movies. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah. leave me hanging. Oh, I totally just left you hanging. I thought you were doing one of these. Yeah. Like one of these so, yeah. But yeah, Christian Bale. I mean, the voice, right? The Batman voice. Yeah. People pick on the Batman voice, um, right. which I totally get. Like, yeah. Will Arnett got kind of a, a weird Batman voice, but Will Arnett in the that Lego movie. That sounds like the Joker yes. doing the Batman. Yeah. Voice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Will Arnett, though, I I mean, he's a very different kind of Batman. Oh, also yeah. really, really <laughs> great in his own right. Yeah. So, so, so I'm Batman. So you've yeah. seen the Lego Batman movie, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So like, so what's your opinion <laughs> to that in the in the canon of Batman? Honestly, I so I only watched it once, and I loved it so much, but they were throwing so much at me so fast. Where I'm they like, were. I, I can't even keep up with all the Bat jo- references very, in this. Yeah, so they had uh, the eye, Lord of the Rings. Sauron. Oh, Sauron? Yep. Sauron was yep. in You know, it's like... You know, oh my eye! I just there was so much constantly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like a big like pop culture shotgun effect. Yeah, it, it was. was. It really was. It was a confetti cannon of pop yes. culture. Yep. <laughs> um, so, Kara, you can go ahead and now bring up we're because uh, we're talking about actors. So we're talking about actors. Kara was trying to. So Ben Affleck was kind of <clears throat> right. What are you thinking about the new casting? Yeah, I mean, Robert Pattinson. I'm all for it, honestly. Really? Because um, right, like the guy can act. Um, I think he had an unfortunate start to his career and that he's known as like the Twilight guy. He typecast, Edward. right? Yeah. Well, yeah. So Edward? The, he was in Harry Potter before he was in that and he was good in Harry he Potter. Was, okay, and I, every time Harry I see Potter, that I'm like, oh, that yeah, that's uh, Robert Pattinson. And it's, it's, like, just, it's just like you can only do so much with like, so this is obviously purely opinion, but bad source material makes for bad movies. Well, right. people say that about right. Hayden Christensen. Yeah, well, so I I think well, the, the character choices that were made to make him so whiny and angsty were just right. a little bit too much. You could you could have that, but just not as much. We're not talking about Star Wars. I know, so. I know. Um, I mean, I think the two are pretty comparable, though. Yeah, no, yeah. that that I think that is a fair point. Like it's like it's just too much, right? Right. Of the, you know, so the the angsty drama. Yeah. But yeah, like, but I I totally want to see what he can bring to the role. Yeah, for sure. Oh. Um, and you know, I mean, I think. We're in store for something very different because the director Matt Reeves, he did the last two Planet of the Apes movies. Oh, cool! Um, which are very, you know, obviously very CG heavy, motion capture heavy. You know, they've got Andy Serkis, you know, being an ape and stuff. So I think this director can hopefully some bring something totally new to the film version of the character. Like right. mm-hmm. when I heard Matt Reeves, I don't know if he's going to do this, but my first thought was like, oh man, we got to get a really great sci-fi Mr. Freeze. Oh um, yeah. He's yes. a great director for that. And so if if he chose Robert Pattinson for his version of Batman, I I'm I'm with it. I'm all for it. Let's do it. That would you're be pretty gonna, cool. You're not going to put it on the chopping block before you see it? No. You know, I'm, <laughs> I've never been one of those fans that signs petitions. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a waste of time. It is. It is. Well, just... the Sonic one worked, apparently. <clears throat> sort of. It, was that a petition or just an outrage? I, th- I, I think that was just actually. a social media backlash. It was. was so severe. Right. And I think that just looked objectively terrible. It you did. Yeah, yeah. You can't look at it and be like, that's Sonic. Like, that's like a horrible right. like person cosplaying as Sonic Sonic. <laughs> right. <laughs> Worst cosplay of Comic Con. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that thing. It was like, it was like too human looking. Like it was eyes, absolutely. It was, oh my God. Yeah, the eyes weren't big enough. The teeth were <laughs> people teeth. It's like when you ever, you ever see people photoshopping people teeth onto animals like dogs. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. It's like Very. they look hilarious. Right. right. Like yeah. I wouldn't make a movie about that. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. It exists in this weird, uncanny valley 
I'm not sure where it is in the Uncanny Valley, but it, there was definitely something wrong. In the with weirdest it. Yeah. corner of the Uncanny Valley. Right. Well, and even in my mind, there's only really two rough versions of Sonic. Even from the Sega Genesis games, he has that kind of arcadey look. And then there was the one cartoon. There's two, both two cartoons, but one was more cartoony. And then there was the one that kind of, you know, you know, mimicked the video game Sonic. Oh, I don't, I don't know that I've seen that one. Yeah, it's, that one's really good. Yeah. The, uh, the more arcadey one is a little bit more darker. Cool. Uh, Robotnik's a little bit more evil. You know, there's <laughs> more, like, sludge and stuff. Speaking of Jim Carrey, I just yeah. realized Jim Carrey's yeah, Dr. Dr. Robot- Robotnik okay. in the Sonic movie. That was oh, the best yes, part of the trailer. That's the yeah. best part of that trailer. It, yeah, mm-hmm. it, the, I, this movie could be good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Did they get Jaleel White to do the voice of Sonic? I don't know. For this movie? I'm not sure. We'll have I, to. We ought to look that up. So Jaleel White, he's um, Urkel, right, from Family Matters. Yeah. And he did the voice in the cartoon, and then he also did the voice of Sonic in some independent film. Um, it was like a, a short, like a five-minute short that was right. on YouTube okay. probably ten years ago. Um, so, yeah, I meant to look that up, I think, when the trailer came out, and I never did. If it's, so. if it's the same one, that would be cool. It would be pretty cool. Because, again, I, have, I watched the Sonic cartoon show, and so... Well, the consistency would be sweet, because, like... One thing I've loved is Darth Vader has always been James, James Earl, Earl Jones. Jones. Yeah. Or Mufasa. anybody speaking into a fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mufasa, he was James Earl Jones in the original and in the new one, wasn't he? Yeah. Was so. he the only one that stuck around between the live action and I think, and so. I think so. Really? I think so. Yeah. I mean, he's got such an iconic voice. He's James, hard to replace. Uh, uh, JTT, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Why did I say James? Jonathan Taylor Thomas did Simba. <clears throat> Young Simba. Yep. Yeah. I'm fairly oh, okay. certain he didn't do the new Simba. Right. Yeah. yeah well, he's not. he's not a child anymore. Right. So yeah. Kind of hard. Was it um in the original was Matthew Broderick right? Yep. Who did mm-hmm. adult Simba? He yeah. they didn't bring him back. No, I don't think, I don't think so. so. Matthew Broderick's career just like suddenly died yeah. in like the mid 2000s. Well, he he does a lot of Broadway stuff now. I think. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, my like, sister I, I knew is that he did Broadway stuff, but I didn't know if he. It's just I never hear about him anymore. Yeah, I don't think he's doing movies, um, but I think he's still active. Okay. He was Inspector Gadget, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 Was. That was yeah. like the last big thing I remember yeah. him being in. And then French Stewart, shout out to French Stewart, another guy who's disappeared off the face of the planet. I don't even know who that is. He played um, the, so he, in the sequel to Inspector Gadget, he played Inspector Gadget, and Matthew Broderick didn't want to come back, but he played, do you remember Third Rock from the Sun? Yeah. He was one of the aliens from Third Rock from the Sun. There was John Lithgow, then there was oh, the yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and he was the other male alien, was French uh, Stewart. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Okay, yeah. I'm kind of sad that they never pushed his character forward in the Batman. Christian, ba- was it Christian Bale Batman? Yeah, it's yeah. the third yeah. one. He's yeah. Robin, right? Or yeah, he's, yeah. He was, he's yeah. Robin, but they never really expanded on that. Just kinda I know. Then hey, they knew know, it was like, only going to be a trilogy, and they kind of <laughs> just sort of put it there and never did anything with yeah, it. Yeah, like, right. You had so much to do. Come on. Right. And, you know, there's, I don't know if you guys remember the cartoon um, Batman Beyond from the mid to late 90s. Yes. Are they redoing that or remaking it? I don't think so. But, I mean, I think myself and a lot of other fanboys kind of always envisioned um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt becoming more of like a Batman Beyond right. type character where he's like, you know, he's got jetpacks and these like metallic, like, jetpack wings and you know he's got all these like lasers that come out of his arms right well, so cool. like less of a robin and more of like a second batman I is think that would the, have been awesome is that the it's a cartoon right yep it's and yeah, it's got like a really like noir style yes to that's yeah, what i'm thinking yeah, yeah. he's very from he, what i'm there's more there's even more there's like a unique fighting or kung fu style kind of too yeah. or is it more gadgety it's it's pretty gadgety. Yeah, it's pretty gadgety. Yeah. I mean, I, I I would say he's he's more of like a ninja probably than original Batman was. See right? that those were the, the cartoons I used to watch too. Those were late. It was like Kron's like SpongeBob came out in '99. That was kind of like that time frame, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Around then. 
Yeah. I love those ones. So, move. Okay, so movies. We're talking about all these movies. Mm-hmm. Do you? I mean, do you love the theater experience, like going to a theater? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, have you ever been to a dra- an Alamo Draft House? I have not. Oh. I've never been to an Alamo Draft House, but I've been to, to Alamo Draft House styles. Okay. Of various okay. movies. Yeah. We we went to one when we were down in Austin, and um, Chris, you need to go to one. So I was. There's I was just. So I was just saying it might be fun for the Robert Pattons and Batman to go down to a, an Alamo oh, Draft House I mean, and watch it down to, there. We'd, oh. You'd have to get in line for that. Well, you know, we could go see it. They don't have like digital placeholder reserves. They might. For that. Huh. And I think at this point, nobody under eighteen. So, do they do like big releases? I thought Alamo Drafthouse was kind of reserved for like quirky indie movies or like cult well, classics. Well, we saw Incredibles like two. We saw the we Incredibles oh, cool. two at the one, but Austin mm-hmm. they've, they've got to be based out of Austin. I'm assuming only because there's they like have a bunch. Of them I was gonna say there's right. like five or six of them down there, and they've got. You know all the ones you can go to the one on whatever you whatever you know streets down there. But we, we passed by one on the way to California, didn't we? I think wasn't so. it in Vegas or something? It might have. I think been we saw in that one. Area. Right. Um, but it's just that's a that is a fun way to go to the movies. It's quite right. the experience. Yeah. Oh, so my bad. my best Batman theater experience was uh, the night of the Dark Knight Rises. We so the local theater was doing a midnight screening, but prior to that. They screened Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. Oh, cool. So I think all told, what is that? That's like about seven hours a movie. Yeah. And they give you a 15-minute break in between so that you can run to, you know, get popcorn or snacks or whatever you need to get. But, yeah, so the whole trilogy, all in one shot. Um, by the time The Dark Knight Rises ended, I had to pee worse than I've ever had to pee in my oh, life. Yeah. <laughs> and that was when, you know, uh, Go- Joseph Gordon-Levitt was going into the Batcave, and I'm like, this is great. i got to go to the bathroom so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it was so awesome to see all those three movies in yeah, a row. That I don't know, have you guys so ever done cool. a Star Wars equivalent of that? Not in theaters. I don't theaters. know if they've okay. had that. Yeah, not in theaters. Because, the- you know how... How long would that be with all the prequels, the original? Well, I mean, they, they, I don't oh, know. Man. I don't know if anybody yeah. would do well for, for the Last Jedi. Some theater, like some big theaters, like maybe one in California or something like that, did a whole run um, of the, the original know, trilogy yeah, and, and the prequels. Yeah. And yep, rock. they did the whole run, and it was a lot of hours. We got to think right. they're pretty close to two and a half hours each, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, so, that's five. Five. so it's seven and a half, 15. I think it was almost 24 yeah, hours. Yeah, pretty close to 20. Like, so if they did it for this one, it'd be almost 24 hours. Right. Wow. Um, but I, w- I would do a trilogy for sure. Like yeah. if they ever did four, five, and six back to back in a theater, oh I would God. go do That'd that. That'd be amazing. Um, I saw a theater in Chicago is doing um, a new hope in theaters again. And I would love yeah, the original to see release the original. Or, um, I'm well, I'm sure it's or, the special edition. Uh, there, well, there's some word on the street that it's getting done in 4K. Yes. There's going to be a 4K version of Star Wars coming out. Cool. And they might do the original. If they don't, 4K. if they don't do the theatrical cut in 4K, it's never coming out again. Right. 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 That's just at this point, like they've had so many chances to give people the theatrical cut again. I would love right. a theatrical cut, and it's just never going to happen well, if it doesn't happen for the 4K release. So a friend of mine who's a Big, big Star Wars fan. He got some kind of special edition box set super Star Wars thing. I don't know. I'm going to say like 2009-ish. Mm-hmm. And so we all go to his house and we're going to watch the the original version of Star Wars. Star Wars the movie, yep. you know. Um, yep. And we're all excited about it. And so we put it in. And it's it's letterboxed and pillar box. No. <laughs> yeah, and we're watching it on his beautiful sixteen by nine, four by three. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're like, what the hell is this? Because you know the and and so then we go and we put on the the special edition version, and that is you know letterbox is supposed to be, but it's not pillar box. So you're right. watching it. 
the way it's intended to. Right. So we're like, okay, you, you put it on the DVD set, but you made it kind of unwatchable. Right. Yes. Which was really disappointing. I don't know if you guys have that particular box set or not. Um, I did. About, I did growing up. And then it's like, where does that stuff go when you move? Because right. what I covet it, what I covet now, is different than what I loved back. You know, you know. So I wish I still had the box set. And my buddy used to work at um, a video rental store, so it was like I got, again after the fact, I got like old V, the old uh, VHS that were the theatrical cut. You know, so was, I've had them and then I lose them. And One now time I was if I at had Goodwill them. in Brainerd, and I found the trilogy box set, like special edition VHS. Oh, that's cool. So Wait, yeah. Special edition, like, pre-90s re-release? Yeah. Oh, that's so, awesome. So, like, it's original. It's super yeah. cool. Like, I bought it. It was, like, five bucks, I think. And then where Eight is bucks. it, you know? My dad has it. I oh. gave it to my dad. Does he still have it? He <laughs> better. Well, we'll <laughs> yeah. Tim, we're coming for it. Right. <laughs> Take that back. Um, okay. So. Well, I have a couple more Batman-related questions. Okay. No, Seems no, like you're ahead. getting ready to do a topic change, and I'm not ready for that just yet. Let's, <laughs> let's I was going to ask for, Batman. for cool Batman facts. Oh, you, okay. Well, you so do before you. Batman, so, cause, so we were talking about like characters and stuff a little bit, and uh, like people's favorite versions. So uh, Michael Keaton is mine, by the way. Oh, I like the Mike, like Because that was the first one to me. That was like, it's like, that sets the bar for Batman. And right. other people have been, done like really great jobs, but it's like, that's Batman to me, is Michael Keaton. Um. So you talked a little bit about if they could do, like, a good, like, uh, Victor Freeze, right? Mm -hmm. So what are your, like, so if you had to do, like, top five Batman villains. Ooh, okay, Ooh, that's a good one. Because like, it, it might be, like, the generalist that people might know, but maybe you have some insight into a couple of ones that might be cool that people wouldn't be as familiar with. Because okay. it seems like they recycle the same, like, half dozen always. But They kind of do. And so, like, a lot of my top picks are going to be those five. Right. Or, or, or those ones that everybody's used to seeing over and over again. I think... My number five will be one that has not been done in live action, um, and that's Scarface slash The oh. Ventriloquist. Oh! So The Ventriloquist is this really meek guy that I've always imagined being played by William H. Macy or somebody. Oh, yeah, great actor. He's oh, awesome, him, right? And he's got this dummy that, you know, is the one who's really in charge, who's this, like, just badass gangster. That's um, cool. And there's nothing supernatural about it. Like it's all psychological. Um, and so, so it's like schizophrenic almost. Oh, yeah, he's, funny he's split personality, but the okay. one in the cool. Yep. And so you know the one, the puppet is kind of like the dominant personality, and then the ventriloquist is kind of meek. But um, mm -hmm. as a villain, he's really dangerous. He was done really well in Batman the Animated Series, and I've always thought he'd make a great live action villain. Um, but we haven't gotten him yet. Mm -hmm. That sounds um, awesome. Yeah, it he's, does. He's super cool. Well, especially William H Macy is. Uh, um, like <clears throat> Jurassic Park, the third one, he tricks. Yeah, you know. Um, I'm just. Do you know who William H Macy is? I'm trying to envision who this is in Jurassic Park, the third three. Um, he, they, so they convince Dr. Alan Grant to go back to the island. He lies to him uh, about his son. It's that pilot who, or the right. the guy who lies to uh, uh, Alan Grant about okay. taking him back. What to a Jurassic random also, movie to showcase. Well, William I know H. he's yeah. he's famous for a lot of other movies, but for some reason, that's always the one that sticks in my brain. Well, do you guys know Fargo? I oh not the movie I I've seen the TV show. I was gonna say I don't know if I want to watch that when I hear people go through a wood chopping. Yeah, that's at the very end. You just know. Yeah, it's, it's coming. It gets pretty violent. Anyway, Grody. Um, I, guess I, I can't think of anything else. He's, he's great though. He's yeah, great. he is. Okay. He is really good. There's a TV show that he's in right shameless, now. Yeah. yeah, so that's what I think Which would be one? the yeah shameless. You have oh, of yeah. course. Oh, no, I shameless. Yeah. shameless. Yeah. No. yeah, shameless is good. Um, okay. But okay, so who? But and then so you, that was number five. Would it be assuming like in some order? He got the Joker. Right, we'll go with number five. Um, um, for him. So, 
Then Mr. Freeze, I guess, can be number four. He's got a really tragic backstory, so he's one of those villains that you can kind of feel for. Right. Um, and you kind of I, understand what they're coming from. I really from. like his backstory. Yeah. And, I you don't know, know his backstory. Um, he So he was experimenting with uh, various um, temperature-dropping chemicals, and uh, there was an accident not caused by him, but caused by his greedy capitalist employer yep. that injured his wife. So his wife kind of went into this cryo-freeze. Um, he found, Mr. Freeze, found a way to keep himself alive in this suit. So he's searching for a cure for his wife. But through this whole process, he kind of goes mad and commits all these crimes. And uh, so Batman's got to go after him. But it's kind of one of these, like, Victor, let me help you. Yes. And together we can save your wife. And he's, yes. So he didn't start I'm too far bad. gone. No. Yeah. no. He's so like, uh, no. what's his face from Breaking Bad? Yes. Yeah. It starts yeah, out with like a good motive. Yeah. Well, not it's it's okay. Quick Breaking actually, Bad break. They just they they drop the Breaking Bad movie trailer. Oh what? no way! Yeah, so it's I gonna be on Netflix. Yeah, it was like yesterday night. I oh, think. Oh my god! So the, in, in October, the Breaking <laughs> Bad movie is gonna be streaming on Netflix. Oh, that's not theatrical. Yeah. It's just straight to Netflix. straight to Netflix. Oh, that's awesome. Did uh, that's really great. is it gonna have? It's called El Camino. Is it have Brian Cranston in it or no? Or is oh. it Better Call Saul version? Uh, Which is, I love that show though. Yeah, yeah great show. I, really I, great I, show. I I haven't watched it yet. I saw I saw that mm. the tweet or something somebody tweeted about like right before I left to come here. Nice. I I can't explain enough how much I like. Who's the lawyer? The actor who plays Bob the Odenkirk. Lawyer? Yeah, he's I hilarious. Bob yeah, he's a great he's really comedy good. actor. He is really good. Yeah. yeah, even like in the office, he did his little cameo. You know, he's yeah. like the other Michael Scott. You know, but just worse no. or whatever. Yeah, oh, Pam he was is one of those. Yeah. yeah so Pam leaves the office to go work for a different office, and she, like they do a zoom, and she's like, "I'm basically working for another Michael, Michael Scott. Scott." Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So, I, I've definitely watched The Office all the way through, but that was before I got into Breaking Bad, so yeah. I, I had no idea. Bob who he was Odenkirk is the other Michael Scott. Oh, when, that's yeah, amazing. He's, he's so, so funny. Oh, so funny. I think they awesome. have like the same posters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you walk in his world's greatest boss and yeah. all that. Oh there. my god! <laughs> but he played in Fargo, the TV show. I haven't seen the TV show. Uh, yeah, and oh, the oh the uh, the big name actors. It, like you've got uh, Martin Freeman, you've Ewan got McGregor. Uh, uh, Ewan McGregor, uh, Bob Odenkirk. You've got um, Billy Bob Thornton. Um, Who's got, the girl uh, he that played I look Lupin. Like? He played Lupin in. Uh, oh, I forget what his name is. Um, in Harry Potter, uh, oh, he plays. Okay. In, I love him. Oh, he's a <coughs> he's an interesting villain as well because. Um, Don't he's give away e- too much because I haven't seen all of Fargo. He's evil, but he's he, well, this, this, he's bulimic as well. Okay, and so he goes in there, and it's just the way that it just adds that little bit of an extra depth. To you wonder, yeah. you know, about it. You know, just I don't know. It's really good. Sorry, I, I didn't mean know. to send us down this rabbit trail, but I was so, I'm like, I'm sorry. Was yeah, excited, we but like I just want to touch on a little bit. Was here. about uh, the when, Breaking Bad movie. Brian Cranston would probably be a good Mr. Freeze. So, oh Sir my Bombay. God, yeah. he would be an amazing yeah. Mr. Freeze. He was. And so, another rabbit trail. When in college, when I went into my chemistry class, um, my professor looks exactly like Walter White. Oh my god! Huge <laughs> chemistry, right? Chemistry, yeah. yeah. Chemistry. Wow. Right? He had to I lean mean, into it. Huge glasses, bald on top, goatee, and he was hacking up a lung because he he was sick. And so my first thought was, Walter White. Yeah. You so know, if you guys just called him Heisenberg, would he have gotten it? I don't. He probably would have. I feel he would have. He, but he's got to be that self-aware. He, that was, yeah. he, he leans was into the stereotype. Funny. And, I oh, cool. loved him. I aced chemistry because of him. Oh, nice. <laughs> Well, when Walter White's your teacher, it's probably easy Seriously? to pay attention. <laughs> right. You're just, you're like, you know, Heisenberg, you know? Yeah. He's blind as a bat, too. So whenever nice. you'd bring up a question for him or you wanted to look at something, he had a magnifying glass 
on his <laughs> desk. And so he'd take it and he'd put it underneath and he'd put on his glass and he'd lean in real far and try to see what it said. He was so nice. Nice. I loved him. Anyway, That's sorry, awesome. Grouch Trail. <laughs> so, in, okay, who, so so we did ventriloquist uh, and then Freeze. Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. I'll just go through the last three. We'll just rattle them off. So number three would be Black Mask, who is uh, kind of a tragic gangster. Um, oh, oh, you know, they're Batman characters, so they've all got tragic pasts. Right. Yeah. But we're going to see him pretty soon in the movies, uh, played by Ewan McGregor. No way! Um, yeah, That's so, so cool. he's going to be in a movie called Harley Quinn, or I'm sorry, Birds of Prey and the Fabulous... Something, something of Harley Quinn. Yeah, you know I'm gonna watch that. So that, yeah, that movie's <laughs> gonna be pretty cool, I think. And then number two is Two Face because uh, he's tragic. Yeah, yeah. We, I, we, we've never gotten to see a real like the, the on film, I think, because like we had the like you said the um, Tommy Lee Jones one where it was like. It was just sort of straddling this weird line between. Right. Two Face was in one of the. But, right. he, but they, he right. died at the end of the. He never got it's to do true. anything Two Face really except for the last 25 minutes of the right. film. Right. Yeah, so. So yeah. We, he's never gotten to carry a whole movie on his own. I think that'd be it's really true. cool. That's kind of one of the things I like about the Nolan movies. Um, you know, some fans have complained about this. Like, Two Face was Two Face for like seven hours, right. you know, and I'm like, well, you know, when you think about a guy who like gets half his face burned off right. and goes on a killing spree, these he might not last supposed that long. to be right. realistic. Like, how right. long do you expect this to go on right. for? Probably like seven hours. Right. right. That's fair. So, and, and so I really like that. But as you say, like, it would be great to see Two Face, like a full on Two Face movie where you get to see him doing stuff for an entire story. That would be yeah. Great. And when you put it that way, it's like you got the Tommy Lee Jones one. Well, it was very comical or so because he's like wearing the, he's got time to match his attire to his yeah. face <laughs> yeah. and stuff right. like that versus you know the one the Nolan one you know um, you know just gets blown up and then goes on his you know his killing the spree, side of so. his face looks creepy like yeah, did he rolls over his eyeball and, yeah. yeah yeah that's waiting that's yeah. green gang green just waiting to happen there you know <laughs> it was. so he's got that's he's definitely getting worse at that yeah right yeah. Yeah. He's one cool thing so should I go on a, a visual effects Rant real yeah, quick. absolutely. So um, Nolan is known for being very light on visual effects. You know, he'll do like wire removal and some green screen when he has to, but he doesn't like really using a lot of CG. Um, but he did use CG for Two Face, mm -hmm. um, and I, I believe they did some makeup tests. And obviously, Tommy Lee Jones was makeup, right? Um, but he came to the conclusion that makeup can only be additive, right? It can you can only add to what's there, and a burn is subtractive. Subtractive, yeah. right? So they. All they could do was add to Aaron Eckhart. That's the actor. They mm -hmm. they could only add to his face. They're like, well, we got to do it CG. So they they put the little you know dots on his face and did motion capture and did the rest in CG. And I honestly I think it looks amazing. Oh, it, it looks really good. I, yeah, I think it looks great. Too. I won't yeah. forget the moment he when he rolled over in the room or whatever. Oh yeah, he'd see his eye and it looked fantastic. I mean, I think if you're doing a CG shot where everything is real except for this this one effect, right. I think it's it's a little easier to pull it off than mm -hmm. trying to create a whole a whole world and make it right. look realistic. So, um, and the, the episode of Monk we last watched last night, the hot the spoilers air for ten years ago. The, the hot <laughs> air balloon crashed in the waterside, and it looked like a Microsoft Paint clip when it was washing in the ocean and <laughs> hanging on the ledge. And then you, know, you could totally tell it switched to a stunt double that was where when uh, One Punch Man is looking for the Chironko, uh wig. <laughs> that's what Mr. Monk looked like bouncing around inside there with like no limbs moving, and he just had that's this cheesy true. Monk wig. It was so funny. It's such a good show. I was I, I love. Monk. I was it's like so the bar good. for that. CGI was a little low. Well, but it's a TV show. I know, right? Two thousands. Exactly. The CG right. budget wasn't outrageous, right. right? But it was just—it was so comical to me. But sorry to go down that little tangent there too. But um, just, I just—you mentioned that, the right? CFX yeah, yeah. Thing, so. That's what we're doing. We're doing tangents. 
Okay. It happens That's what so our much. Yeah, yeah. We should just call ourselves the tangent. The tangent. Right? Rise of the tangents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, um, that's literally what this is. So. <laughs> so okay. So we've talked about Batman, and Wait, for sure, we, we gotta one? get his number one. Oh, we yeah. number one. I mean, it's Sorry. obvious. It's the Joker. Yeah. Because he's just the coolest. Who's your favorite yeah. Joker? Ah, uh, Heath Ledger. Yeah. It, yeah I know. So what okay, I was. Gonna, so speaking of Heath Ledger as the Joker. Apparently, he got so into it, like, he got insomnia from it, and, like, kind of went not crazy. But it happened to but Jack the, Nicholson as well, correct? The medications he went was on, he overdosed on them or that killed him. Yep. There's a documentary out there. I think it just, I think it's called I Am Heath that I've really been wanting to watch. I'm not sure how much it goes into, like, the Joker stuff, but, yeah, there's a lot, been a yeah. lot of rumors yeah. about that kind of thing happening to him. I have no idea what's true, but right. maybe this documentary I love Heath Ledger. Yeah, he was great. He was wonderful. And Night's Tale. Yeah, that's oh the only movie God. you ever yeah. bring up. I'm sorry, but <laughs> it's okay, such ten, a good sorry, movie. Yeah. Ten Things I Hate About You, how's that one? I'm, oh, I'm, it's so I'm not familiar with that film. That's also a good movie. Tale. I mean, if you, yes, can, if you can get through rom-coms, which I can, I think that's a great movie. Well, yeah. That's a prerequisite to get married, is you have to be able to sit through Well, okay, here's the thing. How many rom-coms have we watched since we got married? I am lucky. So I had, I had a, a co-worker who came up to me and they're like, either you and Kara are just a really cute couple or you two hate each other, you don't live together, and it's all a ruse. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's not a ruse, you know? And so she's like, well, then you guys are a cute couple. So, um, but no, we don't watch rom-coms. We just, we nerd out on Lord of the Rings and Star Wars and Batman and See? Uh, Wonder Woman and, you know. Yeah. Once in a blue moon, I make him watch one I, I get the, the mood house? for a Woo! movie. <laughs> yeah. No, and it's, it's not, not no. very often. No, no the but, musicals are what she goes for. Uh, so South uh, Pacific no. and uh, what was the one you asked me to watch today? Uh, Newsies. Newsies. Super good movie, Christian Bale. Yeah, that was, yeah also, I, but that was one of his earlier ones, yeah, too. Yeah, right? he like was probably, yeah, he was probably like 17, I think, when that Wow. Dang, so, super young Christian yeah. Bale. Yeah. So Kara's like, rom-con, musicals. <laughs> you know, musicals all the way. You get a, have you seen the trailer for Cats? Oh, okay, there's I don't some know. uncanny Taylor, valley isn't stuff it like happening Selena there. Is it like Selena Gomez, Taylor Swift, and Miley Cyrus? Is that are Taylor those? Swift for sure? Yeah. I'm not sure about the other two. I am not looking forward to this. It looks creepy. Yeah, yeah, no, the the CGI is nuts. Yeah, and uh, but so here's a like so I time for me to tell a story. <laughs> yeah. So growing up, I don't know where this tape came from. But there's like a taped like 1996 Broadway version of Cats what? in your house. Yeah, like that so you had it, access it, to. Well, that my sister had access to was the okay. problem. Oh yeah. Oh. So she would watch this thing. I swear to God, she'd watch this twice a day for <laughs> 15 years. <laughs> it was oh, just like that's a good quality VHS. It's like right. you know, I'm sure it was just static by the end. But right. It was, yeah. It's just one of those things, like, so, like, she loved it. And she, like, she has the soundtrack on a CD in her car literally right now. If I called her, she'd be like, yep, it's right here. Yeah. One of your jellical cats. <laughs> oh, God. And it's, like, so she just loves it so much. And it's, like, it doesn't make any, nothing in the thing makes sense at all, right? It's, and I've never been a fan of, like, the show tune style. Like, I like Andrew Lloyd Webber okay. Phantom but, of the Opera. Mm, but, like, like, I like the stuff that's more rock and roll-y that he does than the stuff that's more classical. And the cat oh. stuff is really more classical. So you would li- you like Phantom of the Opera, then? I've seen a version of Phantom of the Opera, and it's fine. Have you watched the Gerard Butler 
Phantom of the Opera. D- does he say, this is the Phantom of the Opera and kicks somebody into a pipe organ? <laughs> <laughs> this is Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case, I'll watch it right now. I did not know uh, that he was in a Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. 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 That was probably 2008-ish. Whoa. So yeah. that, like, he was definitely still ripped then in that. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, right, because yeah, right, 300. Sorry, was, Jeremy, I love yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Anyway, I, I changed I was, my mind. It's a ruse. <laughs> <laughs> Kara's been talking about oh, Gerard Butler and Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Woo, let's just throw a Neville Longbottom and that's yeah. the, you know. He's so woo. Yeah, <laughs> that was from a, that was from a Lego video. Oh, sure. yeah, we didn't. Ne- no, uh, no, she was talking about how Bottom is. Um, Harry Potter. Oh, Harry Potter. Oh, he was the one okay. who looked really derpy and then ended up turning out super handsome. I yeah. am really not good with the Harry Potter stuff. Got I it, don't got know it. my I, Harry Potter. Yeah. I've seen every movie one time, but when I go in to watch the next, the, the, the new one, when there were still new ones coming out, I don't remember anything from the previous ones. Got I it. just go in and I enjoy them and I'm like, yeah, oh, that was good. Yeah. That's, magic. That's yeah, magic. <laughs> so earlier we talked about. Um, I heard somebody drop Miley Cyrus in <clears throat> reference to a musical. Mm-hmm. I was talking to one of my coworkers about uh, Black Mirror, and yeah, he yes. like was talking about all the episodes that he loved, and then he didn't watch the Miley Cyrus one. Kara and I watched all of them. It's so good. It's such a good TV show. Some of them are hard to watch. Some of them are fun to watch. But somehow. You have some connection to Black Mirror? Oh, I do, a little bit. Epic uh, transition. I was like, that, that is a good transition. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, well, let's talk about that, because, yeah. Right, so I'm, I'm making a horror anthology movie, um, and I'm also writing a book about horror anthology films. Um, so Black Mirror is not exactly horror, but I decided that I should include it in the book, because there's enough horror in it, I think, to, right. to lump it Depending in. Depending on movies. the episode, for sure. Right. Yes. So um, the episode I decided to focus on was Black Museum, which is one of my favorites. Yes. But then it also has a structure very similar to horror anthology movies, except especially the classic ones um, from the 60s that are kind of the focus of my book. Um, So I reached out to the editor over, God, how did I find him? I think I might have emailed him. Of that episode? Of that episode, yep. Um, And so we're we're talking about the film editor, not the story editor. Um, And I asked him all these kind of questions about structure and how he put the episode together. Because, you know, putting something together... Um, that one is a is an episode in a series and has to match a certain tone. Yep. But then also has three micro stories within it. That's no easy task. So um, this is the one with the, the girl, and she ends up at the museum. Yep. And her father Black is Black Panther's sister. Yep. Yep. And I, yeah. <clears throat> there's a great twist at the end, so we shouldn't reveal the right. twist. No. Yeah, I right. haven't seen this episode yet. It's so good. So, it's so right. good. It I seems a, like she just strolls in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have she's a, there for a reason. I have a. That um, episode, the ref- how it, it references a lot of other Black Mirror There's episodes. There's little Easter eggs throughout the whole thing. Yes, I've loved that attention to detail, and that's mm-hmm. a small part of what just was. It just keeps you. It's like, oh, there's that. There's that. Well, it keeps yeah, you I, when we like, were watching it, I was like, Jeremy, look at that. <sighs> yeah, Jeremy, look at that. Right. <laughs> that was another reason why I wanted to focus on that episode for the book because um, typically in anthology series, so like Twilight Zone, for okay. instance. Okay, an anthology. Define that word for me because it's a rough. Sure. So, I mean, in, I mean, in reality, it is kind of a rough definition. For my purposes, it is long-form content that is comprised of short-term, short-form content. Got it. So, like, uh, a film, a feature-length film that maybe has five or six short films within it, 
or a TV series um, in which each episode focuses on a different setting or a different set of characters. Perfect. Um, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's usually like a, a, a <clears throat> if there is a connection, it's like a tenuous, like tangential connection. There's not like a through character. Right. Well, I've got, got like it. the Queen's Anthology piano book, so it's got like specific got Queen it. songs in the piano book. And you know. In the broader sense of the word, um, shows like Fargo, which we were talking about earlier in American yes. Horror Story, those are also referred to as anthology series. True Detective is another great one. Mm. I'm not focusing on those because, in my mind, those are more like macro stories because yes. they take an, an, an entire season to tell one single story. Yes. And then in the next season, they move on to some unrelated story. So, in a sense, they are anthologies. Um, but I'm reaching out, my book is reaching out to independent filmmakers. So cool. most indie filmmakers are not setting out to create an entire season of TV, you know? Right. Um, so this is about, you know, taking short form content and making longer form content out of it. Um, and getting back to Black Museum, um, all the Easter eggs I thought were great because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it kind of changes the nature of the whole series mm -hmm. where you kind of start to think like, okay, like, is this a shared universe? Right. right. And if you're a critical viewer, which I think most Black Mirror viewers are, then right. you start looking back and looking for plot holes and, and conflicting things and conflicting yes. technologies that couldn't exist in the same right. universe. Um, so I think that's, that's an episode that, for me, makes this series as a whole way more interesting as, and as an anthology filmmaker. It's just impeccably hmm. put together. So, so the, um, the name Black Mirror, Kara and I had watched a couple episodes before it finally dawned on me, and it hit me like a ton of bricks were sitting there, and I just, like, right in the middle of an episode, I'm like, Black Mirror, that's the front of a cell phone. Yeah. Because it's like how t Black Mirror is a story about how technology, uh, you know, influences us and, you know, can cause, like, awesome benefits, but all the negative benefits that come mm -hmm. out, and they just really, some episodes, they really focus on some points. Like, I like the um, the one with all the likes and the upvotes and everything. Oh, yeah. yeah um, with, uh, with Ron Howard's daughter. Yeah. Is, yeah. What is, is that? It? What's that one called? I forget what uh, it is. I don't remember. I can't remember. Yeah. And then um, there's one. the one, with, uh, one. with John Hamm. And oh, like, oh, White Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, and then um, Sandra Napero. I was going to say, Sandra Napero was one of our favorites. Yeah, is a much better one. And then... Um, but the newest season I, I loved, all of them, there's the uh, Iceland one. Oh, it's just cool. The only one from the new season I've watched is the Miley Cyrus one. Okay. Um, really what did you think of that one? one? Well, I watched it because it was getting a lot of hate on the internet. Got it. I know. And, you know, and I'm like, all right, well, this is the first one I'm going to get into. Um, I didn't dislike it, but um, I watched it with my wife, and um, we had seen, I think we had, we had watched a handful of others together. I've watched all of them. But she was kind of like, and I felt the same way. It didn't really feel like a Black Mirror ending. No. So it's a little yeah. soft yes. compared to all the other ones. Well, I feel like as the season's gone on, that's kind of what they've done. Like the first season, it's like every single. I told Jeremy, I was like, I don't know how many of these I can watch in a row. I just feel yeah. so drained. Did you after watch each one? Did what? you watch Bandersnatch? No, I haven't seen that either. And that I'm, one, I'm I think, is, is better. It's more like the older ones. I was so sad when they announced it because I wanted more Black Mirror content. Right. But. It has, like, an older Black Mirror style to it. That's cool. Mm -hmm. and I think the conclusion I came to with the Miley Cyrus episode, and the fact that Miley Cyrus is in it is certainly informing this statement, yeah. but it felt like an episode of Black Mirror that was for a younger audience. Right. Which is, like, True. that's totally cool. Like I right. And I love anthologies for kids, like Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes. Like, I grew up on that stuff. And there should be horror and, you know, really introspective sci-fi mm -hmm. for kids. Right. Um, and I'm just, I'm not going to knock the episode because it wasn't 
necessarily for me. I think it was for a different audience, and that's cool. Like they should expand their reach. If only Star Wars fans would understand what you just said. (laughs) Not all Star Wars content is made for you. You know, for fifty-year-old people. Yes, it's it's. uh, George Lucas has a thing where if you make content for younger people, you have a lifelong fan. Yeah, and and that's exactly what happened to a lot of Star Wars fans is they're lifelong. Um, so, okay, this is so cool. So you're doing an anthology book. Yep. An anthology... Film. Film. I, yep. Sorry, I have a couple of questions about the book still. Sure. Too, yeah. So. Well, that's why I was just trying to get a little clarification. Oh, so yeah. is the Go is ahead. the book, is, is, it, is it a story that's no. inspired or like a documentary of things that you, or like a, what would you call it? Well, you yeah. explain it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Still sick. <laughs> <laughs> Getting over that cough. Um, so it's a nonfiction book. So um, when I was endeavoring to make the feature film, I wrote a grant, um, which I end up, ended up getting from the Minnesota State Arts Board. Cool. Um, but I had six months where between writing the grant and finding out if I got the money. And I'm like, well, I'm not just going to do nothing for six months. Right. So I'm like, I should do as much research on anthology films as I can. So I went on Amazon, and I'm looking for a book about anthology films because I love books about filmmaking, and I couldn't find anything. So I'm like, well, shoot. I should just write the book that I think should be available. Um, that is so cool. It was, yeah. it was, I mean, when I had that thought, I really wasn't considering how much work it was going to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I get it. So I, I, get it. I started by just watching films and doing critical analysis, um, and I realized that that, that wasn't going to be enough because, you know, what, what is my analysis in the end? So right. I started reaching out to filmmakers, um, and that's going to be the thing that I think really draws a reader in. Absolutely. So um, I've gotten the showrunner from The Simpsons, and he's talking about the um, Treehouse of Horror episodes. I got the editor of uh, the cult classic Trick or Treat. Mm-hmm. I got a director who helmed over 15 episodes of both Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark? That is and just wow. I mean, the list just goes on. I mean, the, the caliber of like film professional that has been willing to give me their time has just been That's crazy. amazing. So, uh, oh, go ahead. No, no, that's it. That, that's it. Yeah. Um, so, like, what, what is so cool, the way that you just told that story, it's, like, awesome because... I think that's YouTube for a lot of people or channels that become big is they had a very specific niche with a lot of other people who felt the same way and then they, they created content that filled that gap. Sure. And as time goes on, more and more stuff like that is kind of hard to find. So to see you chisel out a little piece of something you're so passionate about that you can create right. out there for people, I think it'll be really well received mm-hmm. because Chris talked about a lot of amateur filmmakers start with horror Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if they've got a book um, that you can combine your critical analysis and then real world interactions with people into, into like one place, that's a really great starting point. If I was going to make a horror, yeah. anything or <coughs> excuse me, um, that was I hope you can edit. That. <laughs> <laughs> Not staying in now. Once you mention it, like, it has to be in the episode. That was just like gross on all levels. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's that's certainly gonna be the thumbnail now. <laughs> just be like, uh, you just gave us three different versions. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly think that there's a there's a great audience out there for for the book, um, right? And I mean. A lot of filmmakers are genre fans, you know, mm-hmm. and genre being like action, sci-fi, yeah. superhero, crime thrillers, horror. But when you think about like what what of those genres can you afford to do, you know, with no money, it becomes right. horror. So a lot of people start out with horror, even if 
like me, you know, in their heart of hearts, they want to be making a Batman movie. Right, um, right, right. You right. know, horror is a great place to get started and uh, a great place to just learn the craft. That is so, so cool. So, um, sorry, really quick. One um, of the things that I thought was really interesting about you talking about, like, the range of people that were willing to give their time is it speaks to how important they think it is that people have access to this information, too. Because, like, once you get somewhere and once you learn stuff, like you, you can you know how hard it was to get that information, right? You know, and it's like, like, and they're like, I feel this a hundred percent every time somebody asks me a question about filmmaking. It's like I feel almost like an obligation to be able to share because it was so hard for me to find out X, Y, or Z. You know, this is all sort of pre-internet for me, like learning stuff. But like being able to pass that information on too is like sounds like it's important to them. And then you came along with a project that seemed like it was appealing for them to be able to share that information. I think you're, yeah, I think you're spot on with that. And, you know, I think my request was kind of an unusual request for them. Right. I think, you know, if you're a guy who's like, I'll, I'll go back to, his name's Ron Oliver, the guy who directed for Are You Afraid of the Dark and um, Goosebumps. I'm sure, you know, if a random person that he meets finds out, you know, in Los Angeles that he's done this, they're like, oh, will you read my script? Right. Um, I, I would right. guess that he gets probably asked that a lot. Like, hey, check out my script or, you know, but, but to say like, you know, tell me about your career and how you did it and I want to learn more about you and your, you know, what you've done is super interesting and a lot of people can learn from it. Um, I think that's probably kind of, you know, a request that a lot of these folks don't get every day. And then also, you know, um, speaking to not just directors, but also, I guess, like, more of the craftspeople, like the cinematographers and the editors. And, like, Absolutely. Tell me, tell me about your craft. I think a lot of people are really eager to talk right. about their craft and maybe don't have a ton of opportunities to do it. So, I have a, I have a theory that, you know, people don't do things because there's um, the more barriers between you and the thing you're trying to achieve, uh, it just might feel like it's not worth it. And so... For a lot of people, it might be hard for them to reach out to people because they don't think there's going to be any payoff in the end. So you've done that. And so what you've kind of maybe showed and we can, you know, people will take that, um, reach out to these people. If you like, if there's somebody that, you know, that you guys are, you know, are passionate about, it's like, reach out if there's a, reach out to them because you never know what's going to happen. When Chris told me that you got to talk to R.L. Stein. No, that was was Matt. I got shouted out by R.L. Stein. Yeah, so I I did reach out to R.L. Stein. That was Goosebumps, right? Yep, he's the author of Goosebumps. Um, He did reply. Um, He declined to be interviewed. But you know that I mean that's part of it too. Right. I mean honestly, I've reached out to a lot of I'll call them like A-listers. Right. You know the Stephen Kings and R.L. Steins of the world. Yep. Um, I didn't hear back from a lot of them, and R.L. Stein like. He did. He- I did hear back from him, and he gave me a reason. And I was like, "That's that's really that's great. That's really cool. You know, that's yeah. Instead cool of like leaving you, you hanging, time, um, you know. But okay, you mentioned. Are you afraid of the dark? Yes. That show for me, it was probably targeted to me because I'd watch it on Nickelodeon. I think it came on at like six thirty, and at the time I would watch it um, would be late at night, or, or you know, what six what six thirty was late at that time because like bedtime might have been seven thirty or eight. Right. So it was like the, you know something. Or if when I got home from school, I would watch that. And I loved Are You Afraid of the Dark? It was a perfect amount of horror for me at that age or scary. It's just enough to pique your, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. ooh, I don't want to go in the basement right now because it's dark Maybe down that's there. why it's I like, never watched horror because <laughs> I didn't watch Goosebumps and I didn't watch Yeah, you didn't, you didn't get dark. eased into it. Right. You know, it's like, um, so. Well, like, like Keith was saying, like, there has to be an entry point for you right. to be able to grow with the genre. And actually, I asked Al Jean about that. Uh, our conversation was over uh, private message on Twitter. He's the showrunner for The Simpsons. And I asked him if, you know, the writer's room, are they talking about how this could be a kid's entry point into horror? Because it was my entry point into horror. And he said, yeah, like, 
we're very aware of that. Um, he goes into it in a little bit more detail, um, which I, I couldn't remember offhand, and I'll save for the book anyway. But yeah, um, and then Ron Oliver talking about Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark? You know, they're they're very conscious that this stuff is for kids, and hopefully these kids will become lifelong horror fans and down the line get into the stuff that they shouldn't be watching when they're kids. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so, and, you know, I mean, with The Simpsons, you know, that was my introduction to the movies like The Shining. You right. Know, it was through a Simpson mm. episode. Uh, and then I watched The Shining, and I'm like, that's from Treehouse of Horror. <laughs> yeah, and like, right. So, and that's cool. The yeah. scariest stuff I've seen is, what's the Johnny Depp uh, schizophrenic Oh, it's Psycho? Secret, Secret Window? window. Yes. Yeah, oh, window. that's like Johnny Depp, Secret the Window, absolutely. Secret Window is like the scariest the woods, right? movie. Yeah, that's I've a good movie. Seen. That is a really good movie. Yeah. I had nightmares. He's eating the corn <laughs> at the end, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that, he buried her body, their bodies, right? Their bodies? Yeah. Oh, spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this yeah. movie's like 15 years old. If you haven't seen it, too bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buries their bodies and then grows the corn over it, and then eats the corn. It's like, right. oh yeah, and then he goes yeah. outside. And see, that was that was a scene. With a screwdriver in the head. Man, yeah. this it's all coming back to me. It's been a long time. Yeah, since Secret I've Window. Okay, that, that was that thing is like burned into my brain. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was a Stephen King one too. So okay, he okay. Knows what he's doing. Random movie that I was watched just to make fun of. It was Killer Clowns from Outer Space on Netflix many years oh, ago. Yeah. Please tell me, have you seen that? You know, I don't think I've seen it. I'm familiar with it. Is, is fit, that 80s? It's like 80s. I'm sure is I'd that love the it. bubble gum one where they? I don't know. I didn't watch it with you though, but um, I've, I've watched. I've, I've one seen like the beginning of it, and I turned it off. I was like, I was like, I want a bad horror movie. I was like, nope, this is way too far. I'm like, bad too, ba- too bad. Yeah, I was like, yeah. nope, that's. I want like critters, not this. Yeah. <laughs> how, did, how did the clowns kill people? Um, they drug him to the spaceship and then turned him into bubblegum, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, okay. hung, they hung him up okay. for, upside down and yeah, like, and turned like him into bubblegum. Yeah, bubblegum things. Yeah, okay, I've seen Yeah, and I've then it's so one. funny, and then, of, of course, at the end, um, the clown pulls up in a clown car, and then, like, 20 alien evil clowns get out and wreak nice. havoc on the I city. I understand but, now why people hate clowns. Like, yeah, well, yeah. Clown, well, there's it, other movies, you know. Well, yeah, it, but then, like, I feel clowns have always oh, kind it, of been the yeah. central thing. Not the central, but, like, something in all horror movies. Well, so the interesting thing that... Um, I've heard people talk about that as like so because like the clown is supposed to be a representation of like fun and joy so when you can corrupt something like that that's supposed mm-hmm. to be um, I'm going to take a, a little step further back from this uh, there, humor and horror work very similarly in that there's a subversion of expectation a humorous sentence ends with something unexpected but it makes Ooh. you laugh a horror scenario ends with something unexpected that makes you terrified that's but it's a cool. very very similar mechanism <laughs> so when you take something that's supposed to be humorous and then you turn it into something horrifying, it can totally taint that thing forever because mm-hmm. you can just you can never tell now whether or not this is setting up to be something that's funny or setting up to be something that's gonna make you like not want to turn the lights off. That's yeah. really cool, Chris. Well and I think the Batman Joker dichotomy to come back around, um, is great because the Joker is he he looks like he should be silly, but he's actually right. horrifying. Right. And Batman looks like he should be horrifying, but he's, he's actually awesome, your, right. he's your saving grace. Yeah, he's that's the one really get cool. You out of there. That's um, really cool. So it's a great dichotomy there. Yes. That's cool. Oh, such cool things. I, I having you on as a guest, this has been like my favorite, one of my favorite <laughs> conversations so far. So is there anything about your book that you want any other final things about your book you wanted to share with us? Anything like release or well um anything. Nothing set in stone. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna be submitting to publishers. Um and if you know, if no one bites, which probably no one will, or if you know <laughs> the traditional deals don't suit what I want to do, I'll be self-publishing. Yep. Um, so that is called the the horror anthology handbook, and my movie is called Gravedigger Dave's Halfway House, and I hope that both of these will be ready in uh, early spring of 2020. Cool. Nice. So yeah. Cool. I 
I think people will be interested. Cool. I, think so too. I absolutely think not people. to put you on the spot, but is is the trailer for Graveyard Dave available anywhere for no, people to watch? No, I don't have anything ready like that yet. Hexagon so. Motion Pictures is my website. There's a little bit on there now, just in the way of synopsis and some pictures and stuff. But that's where you can go if you want to look for more stuff. So okay, and so we we hit on the book, but really quickly, what can you share about your movie or your it's. It's a movie yep. yes. that yep. consists of short stories. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give the, the two to three sentence pitch. Um, this is a horror anthology film with uh, grant funding from the Minnesota State Arts Board, um, and it tells the ghost stories of St. Louis County. Oh, my goodness. Right? So um, we've, been okay. To, okay. Uh, we've been to a bunch of different locations, the Greyhound Bus Museum, North Shore Theater, Duluth Depot, um, and the film is hosted by my original character, Gra- Gravedigger Dave, who's played by the uh, endlessly talented Matt Rasmussen, who's also a part of Ghostbusters North. Oh, cool. Um, and Dude so just does it all. He does it all. <laughs> so, so the hook of the movie is that Gravedigger Dave is going to tell some stories that are true. He's going to tell some stories that are false, and it's up to the audience to decide which are true and which he's made up. Oh, that's cool. That's so, so. cool. Now, I absolutely want to see this. Yeah. Well, I've gotten to see real. little bits and pieces, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. That's the benefit of working with Keith. <laughs> it's coming oh, together. Man. Well, the benefit of me working with you is that I got introduced to Rise of the Podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Make sure you subscribe. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So, and, you know, just, it, like, if you ever want to go out sometime and just like I don't know like you know do photos or work on something together I'm totally down for that let's do it yeah. because let's it's like it. that sounds like a blast this or at least great thank you so much for having me on the yes, podcast it's, yes. it's been fun to talk all things just geek culture so it's awesome um, <laughs> I have I love hearing stories about the area so I can't wait Oh, there, there's some good ones. To, there's to there's a that. lot more paranormal activity in this area than I I ever dreamed of. So. Well, I was in, I was in a play at the depot, Sound of Music, back <laughs> in 2004, 2004, 2012, two, 2002. Sorry, I was 14. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's so many numbers that just flew around. 2002, and I remember them talking about the ghost. So at the sh- depot, should I tell you a little bit about the depot yeah. ghost? There is a picture. Um, you guys know photo bursts, so you take three yep. photos in a row with one click of the button. So these photos are, you know, three frames. You know, it's faster than I can even talk. It's one, two, three. Right. It, and these pictures are taken at a wedding. In one picture, there's a father and a bride dancing. They're the only ones on the dance floor. In the second picture, there's a little girl sitting on the floor with her knees up. And in the third picture, she's gone. Cool. That is so crazy. creepy. So that, that, <laughs> oh my gosh! That is where that seems to be the root of a lot of the depot ghost stories, and there there are more stories than that. But yeah, it's pretty wow. cool. Wow, that is Woo. super cool. Well, I am super excited. Thank you so much for coming uh, down and yeah, being on Rise you. of the Podcast. It's been great. I want to just amazing. say really quick before we leave, um, you're going to be having a panel at Dulucon, yes. which is going to be October um, 19th is when you're going to be there. And Dulucon is October uh, 18th, 18th and 19th, and 19th. but on uh, 19th. So look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we're going to have to sneak away and come to your panel because I'm super excited cool. to actually uh, hear that. And we're going to get you put on the website for that Sweet. And, and announce that. So if you want to see more of Keith, come down to Dulucon on October 19th. And I want you to come back again sometime. So I absolutely, I hope this yeah. isn't we the last have time. We Keith and AJ just so yes. can hardcore nerd. Just well, talk oh. Batman the whole time. Exactly. We have an extra chair. Well, we just need our studio, our next studio. And when we do that, stage three. Stage three, yeah. we will uh, have you and AJ on it for sure. But wonderful, I'd love to have you back. So. Cool. Uh, that's all I have. Thank you, everyone, uh, for watching. Remember, if you like this uh, this podcast, subscribe and comment and let us know what you think if you're excited about Keith's book. 
and his movie. Uh, I'm super excited. And uh, Kara, do you have anything else for? Uh, give us a thumbs up. Hit the like button. Hit the, no- the uh, bell to be notified whenever we upload anything new. And as always, may the force be with you.